Oh, I know I um, shared this thought at our Thanksgiving Eve worship service, but it is crazy how fast time flies, isn't it? You know, you, you, you blink and summer's over. You blink and the leaves that were on the tree are now in your yard, oh joy of joys. You blink and you have to wake up and brush ice or snow off your car to get to work or wherever you're going. You blink and it's the first Sunday in Advent. You blink and it's Christmas. Time is so fleeting. I've always thought about that time and how it's spent and how critical it is to make the most of what we have because opportunities are there one day and they're gone the next. Opportunities that God sets before us And they're there. They're all around us. Opportunities that he sets before us to be salt and light, to be who he created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be, to be children of the living God. And just as there's sadness and grief in heaven, I believe, when every opportunity is missed, so too do I believe that there is this outbreaking, this this celebrating, this rejoicing when any, any gift is taken and received and opened. There is a celebrating and outpouring of praise to the great Lord our God in heaven each and every time that that happens. Because his gifts are the only ones that will last. Think about that. So this whole series will be about forever gifts. You know, maybe some of you are, are um, like my wife, and you've already been shopping. Anybody already been doing any Christmas shopping? Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those guys that are terrible at that, I admit it. And I only have to buy for, like, one person. But you think about all the gifts that are starting to fill the bottom of the tree. All the other gifts that you've received and all the gifts that you will, but only one source of gifts creates forever gifts, the gifts of God. Real hope, true peace, genuine joy, unconditional and everlasting love. The gifts that matter because those are the gifts that will last. And during this Advent season, we're going to look at those gifts and hopefully look inside our heart and ask what do they mean to us how are we celebrating them are we opening them up are we living large in them are those the gifts that we want that we pursue that are in our hearts and our lives that we place real value in and our lives are always a, a revealer and we're going to start this morning with hope the hope of a risen Lord, the hope of Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask you to join with me in reading 
First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. Words are going to be on the screen. And as those words are there and as you read them, I ask you simply to open up your heart to the hope that is all of ours in Jesus Christ. First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. It may result in the praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of God. Might it be written in your heart, lived in your life. Out of his great mercy new birth into a living hope. You know, I often think of, and I, I can't ever help but celebrate Christmas without going to Easter, birth with death. And I, and I think about, and here it is, new hope and the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and I'll think about it all over again at Easter time, but I think about it, and I, I invite you to. So when, when Jesus was on the cross and when he died and when he went into that tomb, how do you think the disciples were feeling? Think about their hope. Was it real? Was it alive? Was it well? Maybe did it flicker a little or get a little dim? Were they believing what Jesus talked about? And, and I don't think they ever really got it until they saw it, which is a sad testament to faith and hope, something that God's going to ask you to look at in your heart. He told them that he would raise again. He told them that he would be alive. But, but when they actually saw the stone there, when they actually saw Jesus dead, did they believe it? Where was their hope? Not until, I think, until, until it actually happened, until they saw Jesus raise again. And there are great stories. You go back into the end of some of the Gospels and read them, the accounts, about how stunning, how stunning it was for them to see Jesus again after they saw him die. And I think about the living of life, and I think about the things that have happened and the way that God is stunned, things that are unexplainable incredible that have just said it's me the living lord in your life here to tell you who i am and to give you hope
Is it not true that we hope for and in a lot of things? Anybody here hope in a lot of things? Yeah. I can tell you, I'm pretty sure that all of you had a degree of hope when you sat down for your Thanksgiving dinner. And you hoped that the turkey wasn't as dry as it usually is. You hoped that the dessert that you brought or whatever it was was liked, that it wasn't, didn't, you know, didn't taste bad. You, you hoped anybody hunt? Yeah, some of you, yeah. What do you hope for? That big buck to walk by. And you hope that your aim is true and that you're successful. You hope for a lot of different things. You hope that your team wins. Go blue. We hope for a lot of things. And isn't it true that we place our hope in a lot of things? Things, people, stuff. I want to ask you a question, and I'll ask you it again. Because of the things that we hope for and the things that we place our hope in, what's the difference that's up on the screen? What are the difference between things we hope for and the living hope that God gives in Jesus? What's the difference? Because we we just have to be honest about that. We hope in and for a lot of things. We do. We just named a few of them. I could talk about tests. I could talk about jobs and promotions. I could talk about all different kinds of things that we realistically have hope in and for. Sometimes to insane degrees. What's the difference between everything else and Jesus Christ? What's the difference between things we hope for and in and the things that come from a living hope that God gives us in Jesus, the living hope of God? What is the difference? Well, if you have a good answer, it'll explain a lot. See, because things like turkeys turn out dry. Bucks don't always come, and sometimes we miss. Sometimes we study well on exams, and we fail. Sometimes we prepare well for jobs and interviews, and we don't get them. Sometimes our teams don't win. See, each and every thing, thing, each and every thing has a shelf life. And it's not a sure thing. Only one thing is. And that is all that God and Jesus Christ promises. A living hope. See, everything created falls short. Only the creator delivers. And I know what sometimes people say and they think well he didn't do this or he didn't do that 
Placing your hope in Jesus Christ is not placing your hope in the parameters that you set that hope in. Did you hear that? See, sometimes we place a hope in God, but we have a lot of restrictions. We have a lot of boundaries. We have a lot of things that we think, okay, if God does this or if he works this way or he does that, even time frames, everything, we can create the God the, the perfect plan that God has for our lives and the things that he should do, we, we can dictate that very, very well. Is that true hope in the living God? I don't think so. There have been so many times when things that I've hoped for desperately haven't happened only to have something far better because God is far wiser far more grace-filled, far more loving, far more powerful than I. Who is it that I, that I should, who am I that I should think that I know better than God? And place my hope in the things that I think he ought to do rather than just let him be the great Lord God that he is. So are you starting to, to think about what having hope, a living hope in God and in Jesus Christ is. What it looks like. Unexplainable, illogical, incredible. See, when we, when we have hope in God and we, we, we then draw those lines and put those parameters in place and we think, well, if I can see it or if I can touch it or if I can lay my hands on it, then I'll have hope in it. See, that's the world's kind of hope, right? If I can make sense of it, if it's logical, if there's evidence. And sadly, in so many different ways, that's what we bought into. That's how we define our hope in Jesus. And we lock God in a box, much to our shame. And to his dismay. See, God's hope is so much bigger, so much powerful than anything that we against try to constrict it to. That's what a living hope is. And we know the difference, right? And I ask you, where is your hope? What does it look like? Is it alive? Is it living? You know that plant in your house that you haven't watered for six months? Is that what your hope looks like? Wilty, brown, dead? We know the difference. We know how we would describe something that's alive, filled with life, vibrancy. We think about people, and that person's got some life. They're filled with joy and enthusiasm. What does it look like to have a living hope in a powerful and almighty God? What does it look like in your life? Do you have it? God sent Jesus for that reason so that you would know the living Lord and you would know the power and the hope that he brings and that he wants to have evident and be real in your life not each, each and every day not just in a moment each and every day and I think about all of the stories 
It's not that he just says here, by the way, I've given you new birth into a living hope in Jesus Christ through his resurrection. He proves it all throughout Scripture and history and the living of life now. Think of the stories. David and Goliath. Do you know the only one who had living hope on that day? One, a boy. All the other soldiers, the kings, each side, none of them had hope in God. David did. And because he believed, God stunned the world in that moment. Both the armies, all the kings. What about Moses in the Red Sea? Egyptian army bearing down on him. I would, I would guess that, that the overwhelming majority of people there thought, we're toast. We're done. There's no escape. Moses believed in the hope of God. And he raised up his hands and the sea split and people walked through. I think about Joshua and Jericho. You know, about how people, that's a great story about how people view what it means to have hope in a living God. Because a lot of people think when you're placing your hope and you have a living hope, a real hope in God, they think it's stupid, it's foolish. Just be honest. Got a great place for you to read. If that's true, go to 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. See what God thinks about what the world holds and sees what it is that he's all about and his wisdom and his glory and his power. I think the word foolish is in there. Jericho, the most absurd battle plan ever. And out of it came incredible hope because somebody and people believed in who God was, the living Lord. What does it mean to have hope in Jesus Christ and is your hope alive? I don't know. What do you think God can do? God's so clear. And it's in the things that aren't seen. And the things that are so up in the air. Do you know the definition of faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. I encourage you, memorize this verse. Write it on your heart. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is being what? Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. I don't have to tell you what the world does with that definition or what they think of it. God wants your hope to be real and sure and certain and alive. Alive. 
I don't know what you have in your heart. I don't know your struggles. I don't know what you're feeling hopeless about or where your hope is diminished. But again, I do know God. I do know God. I know who he is. Yes, there's going to be trials and troubles. Real living hope withstands test trials in tough times. Look at verses 6 and 7. The promises are going to happen. They're going to be there. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Why? The answer is right there, too. Test. Refining. We would call it, in one sense, finding out what we're made of. As who? As people, human beings? Sure, but more importantly, as followers of God. Is our faith in him only when things are great and rosy and beautiful? Things that we can see, things that we can touch, things that we proclaim and say, oh, this is awesome. Well, I hope we have faith in all of that. But I also hope that we know what it means to trust God and to have a hope that is alive and well, even in the hardest of times. Because that's real hope. That's a hope that's alive. To only believe and trust that God can or will do things when it certainly seems we have all the proof and the evidences of it and we can see it and touch it is being honest, no hope really at all. Hope is being sure of what we do not see. Sure of, sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And that's the gift that we have in Jesus Christ. So I'll ask again, and maybe will one more time, where is your hope? What does it look like? Do you have a living hope in Jesus Christ or not? In the God of the impossible or not? You know, um, I thought of a hymn called The Solid Rock. Do you know the words, the first verse? Beg my pardon, I hope I don't ruin it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. What is that sinking sand? Anything less than Jesus. Other people? Yes. Bank accounts and balances? Yes. There's only one thing 
that you need to place your hope in in this world. And it is the Lord God Almighty. The one who sent Jesus Christ to be born, the Savior of the world. The one who went to the cross for you out of his great love and rose again to say to you, I am who I say I am. And my promises are real, sure, and certain. Place your hope in me. Where is your hope? You know, you see this? Yeah, we could call it a cell phone, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? And if there is one thing... um, that I have to admit, all of the technology and all of the things that this phone can do are pretty much lost on me. I know a few of the things that it can do, but I have not unlocked what it is that this phone can do. Partly because I just don't explore it. I don't look into it. It's an incredible gift, a powerful gift. But it's nothing like God. Do you know God? Are you exploring, pursuing, learning about, like we learn about all the functions and the features? Whoops. About who it is that God is. What he can do. You want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. You want to defeat Goliath, you got to go down into the valley. You want to see walls fall, you got to trust. And you got to march, and you got to sing, and you got to praise and believe in the living Lord. That's where the forever gifts are found. That's where living hope flows out of Jesus Christ and him alone. And guess what? The good news is what? The good news of great joy. What did the angel say? Is for all people, you and me. Friends, may the living hope of Jesus Christ be your hope. May it be your forever hope, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever you see on the horizon, because you will not be disappointed. Place your hope in the living God, not in things or stuff. Let him be who he is. I know he died and rose again to be Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, God of the impossible, we celebrate Christmas, and I have no doubt, so God, that people here believe that Jesus was born, born as a Savior. They believe that He lived, they believe that He died. God, I hope and trust that in the revealing of Jesus Christ as a forgiver of their sins, 
They believe that he is the Lord of all. The one who brings real, real and true hope. Everything else falls short. This morning, O oh God, and for each and every day that follows, every moment, every second, may we place our hope in you, the living Lord. 